Hello, and welcome to the Marysville Journal-Tribune podcast. This episode is brought to you by Axiona Energia, proudly bringing solar power to Union County and the Buckeye State. My name is Michael Williamson, and I'm here today with... Kayleen Petrovia, reporter. Jason Stanford, development manager, Village of Plain City. Jody Carney, mayor of Plain City. Haley Lupton, village administrator for Plain City. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys being on the show today. If you've listened to the podcast thus far, essentially, you know that Plain City is one of the places in the county um, that is experiencing some of the most, uh, more of the growth and more of the development than some of the other places. And we figured we'd sit down and talk about some of those projects and kind of what's going on in the village and whatever else you guys might want to talk to. So, Kayleen, where'd you want to begin? Sure. So I know one of the most exciting things that you all have brought up recently, I think at the most recent council meeting was the new public square project that you all unveiled, bringing a historic train depot and creating this public space, green space for village residents and visitors to take advantage of. And I know one of the things that was interesting to me is some of the council members were talking about how long it's been in the works and just kind of the brainstorming that went into creating a park out of this gravel lot. So I'd personally love to know a little bit about the history of it, how you guys got the idea to bring this train depot here, um, just where it all began. Yeah, we um, purchased the building on Church Street a couple of years ago now um, and have been holding on to that lot um, with the idea that it would be either publicly or privately redeveloped one day. Last year, we finished up and council adopted the Uptown Master Plan. Um, We had a lot of input by residents for that plan. And one of the main um, takeaways from that is that we have the objective to create some additional public space in our Uptown district, similar to what a lot of um, communities are doing around us. People really like the vibe of being able to bring their families uptown congregate in a public space without necessarily having to spend money at a restaurant or go shopping, um, but having that central location. And also, it's just historically a great thing for communities to do. Um, The idea for the actual train depot, I I follow Columbus Architectural Salvage on Instagram. Um, I saw that they posted a historical depot for sale that looks strikingly similar to the Plain City train depot Um, and have working here for a a few years. The train depot comes up in a lot of conversations. It's on pictures on walls all over town. Um, the historical society talks about it a lot. Um, it's just it was a really important aspect of Plain City's history, and to see this building for sale that looks a lot like that piece of history um, kind of seemed serendipitous to me. Um, it was posted by um, a family who has put a lot of time and effort into restoring the train depot and maintaining the historical significance of it, um, which kind of aligned with, again, what people in Plain City have historically um, liked to see. So um, having the gravel lot, having an uptown master plan that says we need to prioritize public spaces and having the opportunity to create a park with um, a, you know, a monument that, kind of references our history, um, but creates a new space for residents, new and old alike, to congregate. Um, It just really came together in our staff's mind and council's mind, and then um, we put the plan into place to, to make it happen. Yeah, and I know when you presented this to the public at the council meeting, you shared a lot about the history of Plain City's train depot, and 
I know not just in Plain City, but throughout Union County, a lot of times there's a little bit of tension between we want to preserve the past and we want to also have all these new amenities for people who have lived here forever and new people. So I thought it was really cool that you've found a project that seems to honor both of those things. I know when I was sharing about it in the office, our publisher was like, where do they get all this information about the train depot from the past? Is that something that you all talked with the historical society about or kind of how did you gather just all the information about, I know like President Lincoln's funeral train came through, just a lot of those interesting facts. Yeah, the Historical Society has a lot of that information available on their website. Um, so from that and talking to them, we learned about our own depot. We actually have an old plat map on our wall where um, this lot was designated as public square and we just walked by it one day and we're like, oh, look at this map <laughs> from the 1800s. Um, so again, it's just kind of, you know, everybody's experience working here. Um, talking to council members um, and the mayor and the community and it just kind of all it all came together in one really nice project. You know you hit on the fact that we're a rapidly growing community and this is you know something that's not necessarily unique to Union County um, but the feedback we get from a lot of residents is the need to protect our heritage you know our small town charm things like that so we take that very seriously in plain city and this fit in perfectly with that you know even though it's a quote unquote an, an adopted depot um, it really goes back to touching on what we used to have and trying to honor that you know to, to haley's point earlier so we're really excited to be able to bring in a piece of the old it's still historically significant to the region you know but it also does a great job of really hearkening back to what Plain City used to have uh, uptown. So a couple episodes ago, we had um, Dr. Ned Hill from Ohio State, um, who's a, if you listen to the episode, he talks about growth. He's a economic development guy and uh, economist, and he talks about the importance of third spaces in communities, places for people to hang out. This is kind of a, seems maybe a way for the village to kind of, you know, infuse that into community social circles, like creating an environment where people can talk and hang out. At, as um, the mayor and a representative council and the residents, this space is going to emanate all of that um, in what we are hoping to achieve with this project. I know that um, as a 15-year resident of Plain City, there really hasn't been a safe place where we can all gather for our different events, um, especially uptown, like you take Christmas under the clock and there um, we're in the middle, we had to shut down streets and to be able to, to kind of come together for that. And this space will help to create that second layer where we can host some of those events that makes it safer, but then not just for our uptown events, but for our businesses that we can walk from the Southern end of the community or Northern end, depending on where everybody's coming from and go get a cup of coffee and, and spend the morning or go um, frequent our uptown businesses and help drive that foot traffic from our neighborhoods to the uptown. And I know over the past couple years when new developments have come before council or kind of revitalizations of former uptown businesses, I feel like it's mentioned a lot creating this synergy in the uptown that you don't just want one business to come there, you want them all to interact and kind of work together. So if you guys could tell me a little bit about how you see the public square playing into that, whether it's the synergy between residents and the village or between businesses, kind of how this pulls them all together. 
Yeah, we certainly want this to be a community gathering place for business residents and visitors. You know, that's really our priority here. We will always have the downtown or the uptown area as the heart of Plain City. Um, but as we continue to grow, we're realizing there's a lot of residents that don't have the, the deep roots. You know, we want, we want a place for them to really um, put, their, put their roots down into and, and understand that this community is their community as well. A big part of that, obviously, is getting the community members together, whether that's residents, businesses, whomever, and, and have them take ownership of this. You know, eventually we will have a lot of programming at this facility. So as the mayor mentioned, we'll have things like the holiday events and potentially farmers market and things like that. So we're really trying to focus our energies on making this the new quote unquote like front porch for Plain City. Um, and I think what we have planned will do a long way or will go a long way in making that happen. Yeah, I know in council and you mentioned too, you guys alluded to maybe the farmers market taking place there or even holiday hops or other events. How does this play into the event planning for Plain City moving forward? I know you guys have a lot of things at Pastime Park, like the Fall Fest and things like that. How do you plan to integrate this new space or what are some of your visions of events that could happen here? Yeah, definitely with the um, revitalization of the garage area, it's probably what we're calling phase three. It's probably a couple of years away. Um, but we really envision an indoor-outdoor, open the garage doors um, space for, uh, specifically for things like the farmer's market, which we love having uptown. We love people walking by and they stop at the farmer's market where, as in the park, you're not necessarily just walking by. Um, but also right now it does, like the mayor say, require closing down the street. Um, so moving it just a block away and having it hopefully with extended hours, you know, rain or shine, maybe extended seasons, that's really a goal. Um, so we're not really looking to take anything away from Pastime Park, but really just kind of supplementing those uptown events as well as, you know, some new innovative uh, programming that we haven't even quite got to yet. And I think to touch on the farmer's market a little bit, like um, I see many residents biking there with their kids. And right now um, we don't really have a space that we can um, safely park bikes and kind of offload and walk around. So this will really help to um, create that layer of safety um, for our residents, as well as the, the larger space that will kind of help to avoid the traffic as well. And I know when this was first presented, Haley mentioned that this kind of expands the footprint of the uptown. So I feel like that's a benefit for families or just walkers or pedestrians that you're not on such a busy thoroughfare. You're a little bit off, but it's still, you know, a one minute walk from <laughs> the shops uptown. It's not so far removed. Um, yeah, that's something we heard a lot during the uptown master plan. And as we do our connectivity study is that you know, crossing 161, which is our main street, is with children especially during busy times can be uh, pretty dangerous. So getting people off main street um, but or having other places to go rather than that busy intersection is should be really beneficial as well. And you mentioned briefly the connectivity study. I know that's been exciting with the OSU grad students working on this and just the priority of green space, walkable areas. How does this benefit making Plain City a more walker, biker, <laughs> by foot traveler um, community? As our sidewalks um, prohibit us from safely crossing 42, so we have a disconnect at the moment of uh, Plain City West um, traveling over to Plain City East safely. So um, we have a couple neighborhoods that cannot um, 
access the Uptown currently. So what staff has provided to really kick this initiative off has been great and great collaboration. So really appreciate their efforts of finding these resources and also offering, you know, the the grad students the opportunity to get real world experience um, because this has been an issue that has always been ongoing um, ever since before I've lived here and everything. So Mm -hmm. um, being able to safely access all of Plain City has been something that our planning and zoning commission has really been trying to plan for as new developments come in. We want to make sure that we have um, multi-use paths and also um, just connecting from one neighborhood to the next so that they don't, so there's no disconnection um, for future development. One important thing of this too, while connectivity in the neighborhoods themselves is very important to us, we also are the uh, the ending point of the Heritage Trail, you know, the six mile trail between us and Hilliard. And we are designing this park to eventually be the trailhead for the, mm-hmm. the Plain City extension of the Heritage Trail. So not only are we looking at the inner, um, the inner network of, of Plain City itself, the neighborhoods, but also how do we use this to really funnel people, bikers and, and joggers, et cetera, down into Hilliard and Columbus mm-hmm. and beyond. So we're really um, taking a look at, um, through our Parks and Rec Master Planning, how do we how do we do that you know that's been gosh what 20 years I think before you know the the trail um, stopped in Plain City so um, it's about time that we do that and get that on its way and I think this will be a huge part of getting that finally extended through Plain City Mm. yeah and I know obviously the work that has to be done on the Heritage Trail isn't something that could just be done overnight but I feel like it's probably easier you know we've heard for years like wouldn't it be great to have people bike from Columbus and stop for lunch at Der Dutchman it's probably easier to facilitate that happening when it's not oh they just kind of end uptown no they end in this beautiful new park like it seems like a logical place to have a trail end yeah we, we see a lot of other communities around us Yellow Springs comes to mind um, definitely Xenia you know some of the areas uh, um, around here that have really been able to position their trails as an economic benefit to their mm-hmm. downtown areas and we know the bikers the bicyclists come to Plain City it's just there's no dedicated route once they get here so um, that's really one of the things we're looking at is, is again how do we funnel people um, or those visitors to the appropriate places we want them to stop in, in uptown Plain City to do some shopping or grab a bite to eat before they head back to Columbus or points beyond so um, just from you know not only from the recreational standpoint but also the the, ac- the economic impact of, of what this could generate is, is fantastic and Jason's touching on the economic benefits but I look at it um, from the safety standpoint, our residents, unfortunately, it's tougher to access the trailhead. Um, And if you have family and that you're trying to bike, once again, like go on a Saturday bike ride, we do not have a very safe access to the trail. And so from my position, I look at it as it'd be nice to be able to get the bicyclists off of our main roads and through a trail so that way we can create um, a safer access point. Council member Jim Udaly was talking about it's not so much that you need to attract bikers to come here like the bikers are bicyclists I guess I should say (laughs) they are coming here and there are pedestrians shopping at the shops but it's maybe just making it a little bit easier for people to do that. 
And I know you touched on a couple minutes ago, Haley, that the renovating the garage is kind of phase three of the project. I guess we skipped over a little bit. If you could tell me just the timeline of this, when it's happening, I know the train depot is moving pretty quickly. I kind of thought in my mind, oh, there's all this restoration that needs to be happening, but it seems like it's pretty primed to go. So Yeah, um, it's going to happen in a couple of phases, and it's all subject to you know funding and everything. Um, it'll be definitely a multi-year uh, project, full build-out. But phase one, it will be this year, it will be at the actual relocation of the train depot. Um, so this spring, we hope to build the new foundation um, and then relocate the depot in June. And that will be a really exciting. We'll keep everybody up to date on that. I'm trying to get everything in place for that. And then um, once we start awarding contracts and everything, everybody will be on the same page. With the relocation, we're also going to do a small addition to the depot. So we have ADA accessible bathrooms and a little kitchenette. So it's more usable for public meetings. So that will be the spring, um, summer. You know, with building a foundation comes all the the fun stuff that you won't see, the electrical, plumbing, water. Um, so that will all be going on again this summer. Phase 1.5 uh, will be more of the, the sidewalk down Bigelow Avenue, connecting the new parking lot down to the train depot, um, and then building out the plaza of the depot. So we envision kind of a brick or paver patio with some little uh, bistro tables, some lighting and everything that will, um, don't have a timeline for that quite yet, but it will follow the relocation of the depot. Phase two um, will be hopefully the restoration of the lawn and the beginnings of a splash pad. Splash pads are really difficult. <laughs> There's a lot that goes into them and they can be really costly, but that's, that's the goal or just, you know, some sort of play area for children. And then phase three would be the renovation of the public works garage, creating the indoor-outdoor space. And with the relocation of the train depot coming up pretty quickly, is this something that the public square won't really be open until you know phase three is complete, or will it be gradually people can kind of take it in as it expands? Yeah, we hopefully, um, you know, as long as it's safe, the relocation of the depot and then building the plaza will we'll consider it open at that point and then we'll complete phases two and three at a later date and just work around it. I know this is, there's so much happening in Plain City. This is just one of many projects. And I know over the past few years, there's been a real emphasis on the uptown streetscapes and just improving kind of the walkability of uptown and even just the aesthetics. I don't know if you guys want to speak to that a little bit since it's kind of connected to what's happening in the public square as well, either what's been happening or what's on the horizon for just uptown improvements. There's like a, you know, some new windows and things on uh, on Main Street. So like you can start to see some of those changes uptown. Yes, the uh, the uptown district is looking, I, I think, amazing compared to even a few years ago. And I, I credit, you know, administration and, and council for really investing in the uptown area. Um, that project you're talking about specifically is the extension of the granary. They are actually moving um, to the, uh, well, not moving, they're expanding to the building next door. But uh, um, it's, there's a lot of development going on in the uptown. And I don't know if you noticed, but even the clock tower building now is under renovation. So um, we have things going on on each corner in the uptown area. Plus, we have our, you know, our projects, uh, the streetscape um, going on as well. And again, it goes back to A, the infrastructure up there was very tired and warm. 
more. I mean, we needed to invest in the sidewalks and, and streetscape uh, to make that safe for people. Um, but also, as we're seeing more business interest, um, definitely more residents coming in, there's that demand, you know, that we have to up our game a little bit. And thankfully, we've had a lot of building and business owners that have been very responsible about how they do that, you know. We have a very small um, downtown area, about two blocks maybe, I think. Um, so we don't have a lot of building stock, which is a curse and a blessing in, in some regard. But uh, what that means is that we have to make sure that what we're doing is very special, you know, because people will see it'll be very visible. So with our streetscape investments going on and now the private um, investments going on as well, it's really making a, a, a truly unique place for uh, residents and, and um, really excited about where we're headed with that in the next couple of years with additional improvements in the uptown. I remember council in 2020, we did a walking tour of the uptown um, just to really like, it's easy to meet in council chambers and make legislation to carry out actions and everything, but it was important to really have some boots on the ground, walking, seeing the infrastructure that needed updated. Um, I remember we said, can we put this in the budget? for the following year to start looking at revitalizing the sidewalks. And so we were looking at all the different um, stretches of sidewalks in the uptown and we all agreed that it was the south side that needed to be fixed first, which um, it seems kind of you know trivial when you're like, well, which is the worst um, which, which one needed, needed help the most um, to make sure that it was ADA accessible and um, just safe for residents. Um, and that was where we started and then trying to create that phased approach so that it didn't overrun the budget um, with just all the upgrades that needed to happen. So our current staff has been wonderful of really bringing the projects to us saying, okay, we think this is the next step that needs attention and working with those business owners to make it happen. Yeah, this spring um, you'll see the sidewalk around the clock tower be renovated. Um, you'll also see the Bigelow Avenue parking lot be finished up. Um, that should occur hopefully as weather permits this spring. Great. Yeah, I know kind of talking to what you guys mentioned just over the past few years, this priority and the hub of the community. I know Chief McKee mentioned at a recent meeting when he was at Christmas Under the Clock, people were telling him like, wow, I didn't know Plain City had all of this. And I feel like it is so noticeable. Plain City's uptown has been so architecturally beautiful, but you don't always see, you know, five years ago, maybe the hustle and bustle. And I feel like now you see people popping into stores and it's been really cool to just drive by and be like, oh, there are like windows in that building now. And I know it takes a lot of that public private partnership that when they mentioned the restaurant coming into the clock tower, I know Jody, you really emphasize that kind of incentivizing, hey, we're gonna put the work in so that people wanna come here too. So if you could tell me a little bit about how that has worked out uptown, just partnering with maybe private investment to get something that residents and visitors really enjoy. I think it goes again back to staff members being able to um, bring the legislation to council to make, be able to make it happen, um, working with them closely of if they're doing a project, um, you know, what can we help to provide on the infrastructure portion so that it might go a little bit smoother for them as they're um, updating some of the water mains and sewer lines um, through that has been, you know, untouched for many, many years. And so um, I think that 
the new businesses coming in, especially if they are giving us um, some press releases and everything to be able to build that excitement. Um, the most recent one was the announcement of the coffee shop um, that's going into the other end of the clock tower building. I know um, when I became mayor in 2020, that was like a goal um, of mine that to see a coffee shop on the east side of Plains City, because I just envisioned, um, we had just put in the connector bridge from Darby Fields so that they could safely um, access Chillicothe Street. And just, I could envision all of the residents being able to go up there with their families on a Saturday morning and partake in this new space that um, is being able to be created with our staff and council collaboration and everything. So it's it's very exciting to see um, a lot of people think, oh, it's easy to get businesses in or, you know, what what is what are we doing um, here at the village offices to help make this happen? And it takes, I mean, that was in 2020 and this is now 2024 and it's happening. So even my own understanding of how things work has really increased and it's exciting to see some of these um, dreams come to fruition. As an uptown resident, uh, I appreciate that being one of your goals and being able to walk and get coffee. And also, you know, being a resident of the community, being in the area for a while, you remember when they tried putting one in the McCune building. You remember when they tried putting one in where the granary is mm -hmm. now, the Pioneer Coffee. Pioneer I think. Coffee, yes. Um, and, you know, you thought that as, I don't know, coffee becomes a trendy or, I mean, it's always been trendy, but as it becomes one of those things that people value in, in a community, you'd think that would be an, an easy, you know, decision to make. And yet we've tried it before and it hasn't. And so to see Plain City kind of go after something again, and obviously there are places like the Red Hen and stuff, even their Dutchman where you can get coffee, but having like a dedicated space for that is I think something that, that residents probably do want. That is something that has been kind of missing, especially from the uptown area. So that's, yeah, I think that's great. I think when I, um, when I first moved in, it was like January of 2009 and I was working on some, I was a high school agriculture teacher at the time and just kind of getting a different location to meet and work on um, award applications and everything. I, I remember going to Pioneer Coffee and, and it was great. It changed hands a couple times in its mission, but then when the day it closed, it was very sad to see that staple from the uptown. And then everybody kept telling, you know, saying, well, it didn't have a drive-through. And I understand that. Um, I believe this coffee shop will have a drive-through, so that will help sustain the people who are passing through um, on their way through Plain City. But again, like that place to, um, to, to go and have like that gathering spot will be great. Haley touched on um, the sidewalk on uh, Bigelow Street. That's going to be huge um, to have that safety connection from Chillicothe to Bigelow. So very exciting. Yeah, from a business standpoint, we always look at um, what phase a community is in. And, and obviously, Plain City is very much in transition, you know, a positive transition right now, thankfully. Um, but you always have a few businesses in, in really any community that they're the risky ones. They start out, they say, I'm going to, you know, plant my flag in the ground, open a coffee shop and see what happens. And, and uh, I remember Pioneer Coffee very well. We had a lot of meetings there um, through UPCO and, and different uh, um, community groups. And, uh, you know, 
it was just too soon. You know, it was just too soon for them, um, which they had, had been able to stick around. But now what we're seeing is you still have a few of the business owners that have made it work in the uptown is basically they are giving um, confidence to other businesses now. Um, and when you see that happening, it's really a wonderful indication of the health of your community because we know we have the residential growth to support this. You know, not everybody um, has the time or, or wherewithal or they want to drive into Marysville or Dublin for coffee, you know, every day, um, or restaurants or whatever else, you know. So it's important for us to start growing those types of businesses locally. And uh, thankfully, we're seeing that now. And I, I'm very encouraged by the types of businesses we've been talking to. Um, and I think people here will generally be very excited to see um, e even what's coming this year. I think people will be very excited about that. Yeah, and talking about, I know, Jody, you said your excitement, Mike, you talked about the coffee shop. I know, Jason, you've talked about in economic development updates that Plain City is a community now where you get to be choosy about what you want to come here. And it seems like that is something that feels like it's coming to fruition more and more when you hear businesses coming. I feel like I see a lot of excitement, like, oh, we're really glad a coffee shop is coming. And I feel like in the past, maybe Plain City has felt kind of like, oh, we just have to take whatever comes. And I don't know if it feels like from your guys' side, behind the scenes, seeing all the things that happen, that you really are in the position like, oh, we're creating public squares. We have nice sidewalks. We have this uptown. So you kind of get to say, oh, this is something we actually want here. Yes, that, that's a great point. And uh, that we understand how unique that is among a lot of communities to be in the position to just say we want certain type of development. Um, one thing I do want to reiterate is we are being very intentional about the type of development we are uh, attracting or, or open to here in Plain City. Um, especially when it comes to some of the smaller um, uptown type businesses, you know. There's certain things that we know um, that people are after. They want more restaurants and entertainment and places to gather. Um, and that's why you're seeing a lot of those coming to Plain City. But there are other types of businesses that we're just not ready for. You know, we're not quite ready for all the, uh, the you know, national chains or fast food and things like that. And to be honest, we don't know if we will be ready for that, you know, if that's a priority for our community or not. Um, so we're we're perfectly happy right now with the, the blend that we're getting and those we are talking to um, coming into Plain City. So it's, it's very fun. Um, the other thing is our community is very open to dialogue. They tell us what they want, you know, and we appreciate that because this ultimately is their community. So if there's certain types of businesses that are out there um, that we need to be talking to or trying to attract, we will go out and we will do that, um, either ourselves or in partnership with property owners, you know, um, things like that. So um, we really are in a great position to be a little bit picky about the type of development we're um, allowing in or encouraging to, to occur. Um, and I'm, I'm thankful that we can be that way. Yeah, and I know with you guys, you you talk a lot about, I've heard from residents at council meetings and things, so it seems like, you know, it's not, it's a growing city, but you're not so big that you're out of touch with, you hear feedback from people, you know, good or bad, you know what the pulse of the community is, so I can certainly see that at council meetings, I feel like every decision you hear at least once, oh, I've heard from residents this or that. So I appreciate that, that at least, even if there's a decision that you're like, you know, administration feels like for the good of the community, we're moving in this direction. I feel like residents' feedback is at least considered and heard. Yeah, that's why I love working for a village of this size, um, because we still do have that resident input. For example, with things like the connectivity study, um, over and over we've heard we need an additional crosswalk uptown 
So I know that's going to be in the connectivity study. So I've already called a traffic engineer to start that process. Um, you know, haven't signed contracts or anything, but I just, I know it's going to come up. So let's start looking at the feasibility because I've got a list of people who have called me in the past week about it because it spurred some ideas. Um, and I'd like to be able to give them some more information that's not just me hypothesizing what may or may not be possible. So I really enjoy all the resident feedback we get. Um, we can, we're agile enough. Our staff um, and council appreciate it as well and are also agile and we are able to pivot when we need to or um, hold steady if we have good reasoning. So it's greatly appreciated. Yeah, and even just with you guys being involved in the community, I know, like with the connectivity study feedback, there were council members saying like, oh yeah, my family and I, we know which sidewalks where there are bumps and, you know, not as a knock on, just older infrastructure and things. So I feel like living and experiencing the community, even if your home isn't here, just being ingrained in it. It's not just, hey, I think residents would like a coffee shop here. It's like, yeah, I would really like if I could walk down the street and just get coffee every morning. So I feel like that helps with the feedback between residents too. Like you're experiencing it also. We have a really active council that um, I feel personally really know the community and have done their due diligence to get out and talk with residents. Um, and a lot of us, um, we, we have children in the school district. So that has really helped like no matter if we are at a football game on Friday night or, you know, going and having dinner uptown, we, I, we always, you know, people, we are approachable so that people can, you know, approach us and talk about what they feel is going on. And, you know, it's easier for us to relay like, Hey, here's what the village is working on. Transparency is um, a big item for us to keep pushing and, and make sure that they, they kind of have an understanding of how local government operates. Because I know before council, I always wondered, you know, why, why is this not getting done? Why is this happening? And really to help people understand like the, your yearly budget, like that's really what it boils down to and what we identify as those action items to execute in the next year. Yeah, I think understanding just helps so much too because there's so much even, you know, going to every council meeting that's happening behind the scenes executive session that I can't imagine, you know, just living in a community and having one thing that maybe you're concerned about, like, well, why can't they just get around to this? So I think having responsive officials in place really helps because a lot of times for me, it's like, oh, it's just a matter of knowing this is why. There's this hurdle in the way, but they're still addressing it or things like that. So I've always appreciated the feedback and you know level of providing clarity that's available. Well, we appreciate you <laughs> and covering our meetings and, and having that level of engagement um, from a media standpoint. So, because sometimes it's very easy to take something out of context and twist it around, but I feel like we have built up a good rapport through the Journal Tribune and really appreciate your efforts of covering what's happening in Plain City. Yeah, and it's fun for us, honestly, because it's like so much is happening here. And even, you know, I live in Columbus, but I hear friends talk about things like, oh, there's a restaurant in Plain City now and things like that, like a, a big restaurant. And so it's fun here to be like, oh, yeah, like people don't necessarily know how much is changing and how much is being preserved and things like that so it's fun to be kind of in the depth of it and every meeting be like oh this cool new thing is happening go back to the newsroom and be like did you guys hear about this in Plain City so <laughs> as a resident I don't necessarily get to go to the council meetings and hear what council is doing so 
I also get the information <laughs> from uh, Kayleena from the newspaper. Um, I was just going to also tag up on the on the notion of, you know, I think it, you guys do a good job of, I remember covering Plain City years ago and always kind of having the, the mentality or, or the thought process that, like, as Plain City changes, whoever's in charge is going to have a difficult job trying to balance what they are, you know, what they were, what they're going to be. And you're never going to satisfy every resident. There's always going to be the residents that want it to be Plain City 1950. And there were, you're going to have the residents who, you know, want a little bit more of a kind of urban Columbus, Dublin, whatever it may be, kind of blend in here. And um, finding the right balance is not an easy thing to do. And to know that you have people in the community who have been around for a long time or, you know, or, or understand the area. Um, I think that's a really important thing. And Jason, hearing you talk about like, you know, being selective about businesses, I think sometimes there's a, there's an attitude from the community that like, you know, why are you getting this thing instead of this thing? Why don't we have a, you know, as a former Lovejoy's employee, why don't we have a grocery store here yet? What's the, you know, th there's always that thing. And, and to hear, hear you guys actually talk about like, this is the, you know, this is what we're looking at. We're trying to make sure this makes sense for the town, make sure it's in budget. Um, all those things go into, into making those decisions and you know it's not always as simple as like well yeah we all want this but we have to make sure it makes sense for for the plan so i think that's important to for people to hear yeah i, I appreciate it. and i do want to touch on the grocery store um that is probably the number one thing we hear um here in plain city and we are working on it i can assure you we are aware of the issues and we are working on it hopefully here um, within the year or so we'll have some kind of announcement in, in partnership with a, a private developer um, for Plain City. But yeah, to your point, you know, it, it, everybody has different tastes, different opinions, um, different backgrounds, et cetera. You know, we, we do get residents that are concerned about the rate of growth in Plain City, and, and we completely understand that. We, we know um, what we're facing. Um, that is why we're being very strategic about all the growth we're getting. I know it seems like we are getting a lot, especially on the residential side of things. Um, however, we maintain that we are doing it, we're doing it right. You know, we are controlling what type of growth um, is coming into Plain City, how it looks, make sure that it makes sense for the community, and we will always do that. Um, we owe it to our residents that are here um, now um, to, to grow properly and to not essentially lose control of our growth. You know, we do not want that to happen, and I think we've been pretty, pretty clear and upfront with our plans and policies to make sure that doesn't happen. I think to, to touch on that portion of it, it from the planning commission point of view, we appreciate um, the upfront conversations that happen with staff prior to coming to planning and zoning. It really helps us as residents that are serving on this commission to um, be on the same page of our staff members who are talking with the developers and, and share the same, you know, here's what the residents are looking at for development and what kind of aesthetic we want to attract and they're already having those upfront conversations so when a development comes to planning and zoning and then even onto council it seems that you know yes we're we're approving them but it's all because we've had those upfront conversations prior to our um, zoning meetings and, and council meetings that this is the direction we have a vision we're one cohesive group that um, we we know what we want and we want to go after it is there anything else you guys think is important for listeners who are tuning into a podcast about plain city that 
maybe we haven't touched on I just yeah I'll just jump in here real quick and and first appreciate you guys coming in and, and allowing us to talk about this today but I do want to stress how important it is to work with our partners as we continue to grow obviously we are focused on the the health and well-being of the village itself but there are schools that are involved in our discussions um, surrounding townships etc there there's a lot of other people that we're involved with so I do want our, our listeners to understand that we're not just working in a silo we're very active with our partners in the community and and uh, we appreciate those partnerships out there um, and, and really look forward to building those even further um, in the future yes really appreciate the time today and always welcome residents and community members to um, come to our council meetings we may not address you directly if you have questions but we always try to do our research and um, come up with a solution or or a response um, once we have all of our facts together but um, you can always stream our meetings um, it's the second and fourth Monday of the month and um, if you cannot make it in person and just appreciate you know the opportunity to engage with the public yeah, I think all three of us could sit here all day because we're we're very passionate about what we do and we love talking about Plain City and all we have going on. So just thank you for an opportunity to provide some transparency um, and give a little context to, to some projects. And we welcome you guys, our residents, or any of our partners, like Jason said, to come in and have additional conversations with us if, if needed. All right. Well, that's going to be the show for this week. Thank you guys for all the good information. Thanks to everyone out there for listening. And of course, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Axiona Energia, for sponsoring the podcast. If you like what you hear, please be sure and follow the show. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and lots of other places where podcasts are available. So be sure to tune into the show next week, and we'll see you on Thursday.